Today is the 28th day of January. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. Uh, I'm Brian. It's great to be here with you today as uh, as we kind of launch into the work week and uh, I'm prepared to take the next step as God's word comes washing into our lives. And so we can exhale whatever's going on and just inhale some serenity allowing God to speak through his word. And uh, then we'll go back into whatever it is that we've got going on that might be overwhelming us, but we won't go back alone. And uh, and we'll have some perspective. So, from the Common English Bible this week, uh, picking up with the story of Moses, Exodus chapter 5, verse 22 through 7, verse 25 today. Then Moses turned to the Lord and said, My Lord, why have you abused this people? Why did you send me for this? Ever since I first came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has abused this people. And you've done absolutely nothing to rescue your people. The Lord replied to Moses, Now you will see what I'll do to Pharaoh. In fact, he'll be so eager to let them go that he'll drive them out of his land by force. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, but I didn't reveal myself to them by name, the Lord. I also set up my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan where they lived as immigrants. I've also heard the cry of grief of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians have turned into slaves, and I've remembered my covenant. Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord. I'll bring you out from Egyptian forced labor. I'll rescue you from your slavery to them. I'll set you free with great power and with momentous events of justice. I'll take you as my people, and I'll be your God. You will know that I, the Lord, am your God, who has freed you from Egyptian forced labor. I'll bring you into the land that I promised, to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'll give it to you as your possession. I am the Lord. Moses told this to the Israelites, but they didn't listen to Moses because of their complete exhaustion and their hard labor. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go and tell Pharaoh, Egypt's king, to let the Israelites out of his land. But Moses said to the Lord, The Israelites haven't even listened to me. How can I expect Pharaoh to listen to me? Especially since I'm not a very good speaker. Nevertheless, the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron about the Israelites and Pharaoh, Egypt's king, giving them orders to let the Israelites go from the land of Egypt. These were the leaders of their households. The descendants of Reuben, 
Israel's oldest son, Hanak, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi. These were Reuben's clans. The Simeonites, Jemuel, Jamin, Oad, Jakin, Zoar, and Shaul, a Canaanite woman's son. These were Simeon's clans. These were the Levites' names by their generations. Gershon, Koath, and Marari. Levi lived 137 years. The Gershonites, Libni and Shimei, and their clans. The Kohatites, Amram, Izhar, Hebron, and Uziel. Koath lived 133 years. The Mararites, Mali and Mushi, these were the Levite clans by their generations. Amram married Jochebed, his father's sister. She gave birth to Aaron and Moses. Amram lived 137 years. The Izzarites, Korah, Nepheg, and Zikri. The Uzielites, Mishael, Elzaphan, and Sitri. Aaron married Elisheba, Aminadab's daughter, and Nation's sister. She gave birth to Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. The Korahites, Asir, Elkanah, and Abiasaph. These were the Korahite clans. Aaron's son, Eleazar, married one of Putiel's daughters. She gave birth to Phinehas. These were the leaders of the Levite households by their clans. It was this same Aaron and Moses whom the Lord commanded, Bring the Israelites out of the land of Egypt in military formation. It was also this same Moses and Aaron who spoke to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. At the time the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, the Lord said to him, I am the Lord. Tell Pharaoh, Egypt's king, everything that I've said to you. But Moses replied to the Lord, Look, I'm not a very good speaker. How is Pharaoh ever going to listen to me? The Lord said to Moses, See, I've made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. You will say everything that I command you, and your brother Aaron will tell Pharaoh to let the Israelites out of his land. But I'll make Pharaoh stubborn, and I'll perform many of my signs and amazing acts in the land of Egypt. When Pharaoh refuses to listen to you, then I'll act against Egypt, and I'll bring my people, the Israelites, out of the land of Egypt in military formation by momentous events of justice. The Egyptians will come to know that I am the Lord when I act against Egypt and bring the Israelites out from among them. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded them. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron was 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh says to you, Do one of your amazing acts, then say to Aaron, 
Take your shepherd's rod and throw it down in front of Pharaoh, and it will turn into a cobra. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. Aaron threw down his shepherd's rod in front of Pharaoh and his officials, and it turned into a cobra. Then Pharaoh called together his wise men and wizards, and Egyptians' religious experts did the same thing by using their secret knowledge. Each one threw down his rod, and they turned into cobras. But then Aaron's rod swallowed up each of their rods. However, Pharaoh remained stubborn. He wouldn't listen to them, just as the Lord had said. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh is stubborn. He still refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning as he is going out to the water. Make sure you stand at the bank of the Nile River so you will run into him. Bring along the shepherd's rod that turned into a snake. Say to him, The Lord, the Hebrews' God, has sent me to you with this message. Let my people go so that they can worship me in the desert. Up to now you still haven't listened. This is what the Lord says. By this you will know that I am the Lord. I'm now going to hit the water of the Nile River with this rod in my hand, and it will turn into blood. The fish in the Nile are going to die. The Nile will stink, and the Egyptians won't be able to drink water from the Nile. The Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Take your shepherd's rod and stretch out your hand over Egypt's waters, over their rivers, their canals, their marshes, and all their bodies of water, so that they turn into blood. There will be blood all over the land of Egypt, even in wooden and stone containers. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded. He raised the shepherd's rod and hit the water in the Nile in front of Pharaoh and his officials, and all the water in the Nile turned into blood. The fish in the Nile died, and the Nile began to stink so that the Egyptians couldn't drink water from the Nile. There was blood all over the land of Egypt. But the Egyptian religious experts did the same thing with their secret knowledge. As a result, Pharaoh remained stubborn and he wouldn't listen to them, just as the Lord had said. Pharaoh turned and went back into his palace. He wasn't impressed even by this. Meanwhile, all the Egyptians had to dig for drinking water along the banks of the Nile River because they couldn't drink the water of the Nile itself. Seven days went by after the Lord had struck the Nile River. Matthew 18, 21 through 19, 12. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Should I forgive as many as seven times? Jesus said, 
not just seven times, but rather as many as seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle accounts, they brought to him a servant who owed him ten thousand bags of gold. Because the servant didn't have enough to pay it back, the master ordered that he should be sold, along with his wife and children, and everything he had, and that the proceeds should be used as payment. But the servant fell down, kneeled before him, and said, "Please, be patient with me, and I'll pay you back." The master had compassion on that servant. Released him and forgave the loan. When that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him one hundred coins. He grabbed him around the throat and said, "Pay me back what you owe me." Then his fellow servant fell down and begged him, "Be patient with me, and I'll pay you back." But he refused. Instead, he threw him into prison until he paid back his debt. When his fellow servants saw what happened, they were deeply offended. They came and told their master all that happened. His master called the first servant and said, "You wicked servant! I forgave you all that debt because you appealed to me. Shouldn't you also have mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had mercy on you?" His master was furious and handed him over to the guard responsible for punishing prisoners, until he had paid the whole debt. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if you don't forgive your brother or sister from your heart. When Jesus finished saying these things. He left Galilee and came to the area of Judea, on the east side of the Jordan. Large crowds followed him, and he healed them. Some Pharisees came to him in order to test him. They said, "Does the law allow a man to divorce his wife for just any reason?" Jesus answered, "Haven't you read that at the beginning?" The Creator made them male and female, and God said, "Because of this, a man should leave his father and mother, and be joined together with his wife, and the two will be one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, humans must not pull apart what God has put together." The Pharisees said to him, "Then why did Moses command us to give a divorce certificate and divorce her?" Jesus replied, "Moses allowed you to divorce your wives because your hearts are unyielding, but it wasn't that way from the beginning. I say to you that whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual unfaithfulness, and marries another woman, commits adultery." His disciples said to him, "If that's the way things are between a man and his wife, then it's better not to marry." He replied, 
Not everybody can accept this teaching, but only those who have received the ability to accept it. For there are eunuchs who have been eunuchs from birth, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by other people, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs because of the kingdom of heaven. Those who can accept it should accept it. Psalm 23 A Psalm of David The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He lets me rest in grassy meadows. He leads me to restful waters. He keeps me alive. He guides me in proper paths for the sake of his good name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no danger because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they protect me. You set a table for me right in front of my enemies. You bathe my head in oil. My cup is so full, it spills over. Yes, goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the Lord's house as long as I live. Proverbs 5, 22 and 23. The wicked will be caught by their own evil acts, grabbed by the ropes of their own sin. Those without instruction will die, misled by their own stupidity. Okay, so uh, so as we begin this, uh, this work week, we have some, some profound things to talk about in the New Testament. Peter comes to Jesus and he's wanting to know, you know, like what would be the generous, like how, how to be merciful, how to look at the world, you know, how to let go of things. How many times should I forgive is, is his question. Like seven? Like if I forgave a person seven times for the same thing, like that would be long suffering. So he's not, he's not like wrong. And uh, so Jesus says, no, like 77 times. Or in some translations, 70 times seven. And I actually, when I was younger, got hung up on that number. I grew up in the church, as I've mentioned. And, uh, you know, when I was when I was younger, I you know, multiplied 70 times seven and came up with 490 and, and um, really thought like you, f- you forgive people 490 times and then you're good. Until somebody told me that that's how many times God would forgive me. Uh, 490 times and then I was scared to death for a long time because I you know you sin every day so so you're run you know I'm like as a little kid thinking I'm just uh, like I won't be able to make it uh, I won't be able to make it until I'm an adult um, before I'm like doomed Uh, so Jesus talking about forgiveness and all of this and then he launches into this story so like to illustrate what he's talking about. And sometimes um, Jesus will launch into a story and we're like, okay, we're, we're on a Jesus parable again. Not knowing that he's telling a story to illustrate what he was already talking about. 
So in this case, Peter was asking him about forgiveness, and then Jesus launches into this story to illustrate what he's talking about. And the story was about a servant who uh, owed a lot, right? Like an insurmountable amount. And uh, and he was going to lose everything. He was going to be sold, every, like everything to pay the debt. And the king forgave all of the debt. So the, the king forgave him everything and let him go free. And then he goes uh, to a person who owes him a significantly much less amount and throws that guy into prison. This is Jesus' illustration to answer Peter's question about forgiveness. What makes this so riveting and like impossible to ignore, like we literally ignore this at our own peril, and the rest of our year will not work <laughs> if we do not understand where we are being led by the scriptures right now, because God is going after some things in us at the beginning of the year because this is what the Bible's bringing up. So what Jesus tells Peter then after telling this story is that this is how it works. Yeah, I mean, I'm pausing on purpose. Jesus is telling Peter that the story that he just told him, that's how it works. And he sums it up by saying, my heavenly father, right? So this is God. This is, this is God. Will also do the same to you if you don't forgive your brother or sister from your heart, right? So Jesus is eliminating the social veneer over the top, like where every, oh, we're all good. We're all good. Like, and everybody's pretending everything is good when you are raging inside. Right when you have just absolute, like it's just tearing you up inside. Jesus is eliminating that option because it's not real. He specifies from your heart, right? So it's got to be real. I realize you open up the can of worms about forgiveness and then everybody has a reason why there are certain people that cannot be forgiven for what they've done. And look, I've been in ministry a long time. I've been in pastoral ministry a long time. People are capable of doing things that you really can't even imagine. Things that scar other people for, for their whole lives until they're actually able to reach this point right here and let it go. So like, I'm not in any way saying it didn't like that. You don't have a right to feel the way that you feel about forgiveness if you're holding on to some things like I'm not uh, that's not my argument but I would remind us of the story of Joseph that we just came through and remind us all that he had every reason every reason uh, to hold on to unforgiveness and uh, and he didn't and we saw where that story led and now we have the savior of the world speaking from his own lips telling a story that illustrates the same thing so this isn't an optional thing in god's kingdom and there is a reason and it has nothing to do with us letting other people go free for what they did to us or our family and everything to do with us 
allowing God to set us free from what happened. Forgiveness offers us, and, and look, I'm not trying to make this sound like it's, oh, it's just so easy. Oh, you just pray this magic prayer. And not all that pain's going to go away and you're going to be great. Like, that's not, I, I'm not saying this is in the process. What I'm saying is, Jesus has like laid down the gauntlet here on forgiveness. And this isn't the last time he's going to do it. So we might as well get used to the fact that he's like the God through the scriptures is going after this. And this is not the last time it's going to come up. Forgiveness isn't letting anybody get away with anything. We're not the sovereign one, right? So yeah, maybe injustice has happened to us and we feel like we need to make it right, either through bitterness and unforgiveness or through some sort of retribution. And yet, even if we pursue that and achieve that, and they suffer for it, it still doesn't, it still doesn't set us free. Forgiveness is what sets us free. And forgiveness isn't like disavowing that things bad happened. Forgiveness is saying, I, inside of myself, cannot carry this around anymore because this, even though it was unjust, is poisoning me. And I have to move on so I can carry this entanglement and this anger and this rage and this bitterness the rest of my life or I can let it go which is not saying it didn't happen it's saying I can't do anything more I release all of it to God God is the judge God can handle what needs to be handled. I can't carry this because it's destroying all my relationships and my life. And when I realize how much mercy I'm consuming on any given day, how much forgiveness I need to survive, uh, then, I, then I begin to realize how much mercy I need to offer. And because Jesus said, uh, that we'll be forgiven the same way we forgive. So what's happening here is that Jesus is reaching out a hand of invitation. And if we reach back and take it, yeah, it might be painful to go back to things and let things go, but we're moving forward and leaving these things behind. And so Jesus, uh, in an environment like this one, we're, we're wrapped around the world, but we're holding what you are saying in the scriptures in common. Then how we bring this into our own life story is different for every single one of us in different cultures and in different contexts. And so, Father, like the, the right words just can't come from my mouth alone. Your Holy Spirit has to flood throughout this earth and uh, invade earbuds on trains and in cars and uh, wh wherever this may be, your Holy Spirit is. And so Holy Spirit, come. Like it's, it's really easy to just keep taking steps forward day by day and make our way through the Bible. With this particular issue, um, you just won't let it go. And so how will we maintain our life and live into our life if, if if we're not going to let you in here, 
So come Holy Spirit into the areas of unforgiveness that we're holding against ourselves and that we're holding against others. This is not going to get us anywhere. And so we need to stop and begin to release. Come Holy Spirit, we pray this in your holy and mighty name. Amen. Sing out.